Hey guys, welcome to episode number two of Thrive with Theo, a series of podcasts which are designed and dedicated to helping your overall health and wellness. Today's episode uh, is another segment from my Instagram Live Q&A. I do these every Sunday, 9am GMT time. Okay, so you can ask me any question you like, and I'm going to do my best to give you a, a reasonable answer. But I thought I'd bring you two questions from this Sunday's Q&A. We've got a 24-hour fasting question. So we talk about, is fasting for 24 hours good for you? Is it bad for you? What effect does it have on your body? And I give a personal insight into my experience as well, which is always valuable. Now, the second question, I think I get asked this at least once a day, and that is, How do I stop my knee from hurting? Now, I don't go too in-depth here because I think for most people, they need to tweak a few habits. And one of them is their exercise routine. Most importantly, how they put that together. So I give you one incredibly useful tip that you can start implementing into your routine today with minimal equipment. And if you've got knee pain, it's going to help you get out of it. And if you don't have knee pain, then, of course, you want to avoid getting it later on in your life. So I hope you enjoy the episode. I hope you find it useful. Would love to know your thoughts. But for now, let's get into it. So we've got our first question. Um, Now, that is a question that was asked quite a while ago start of the week so thank you very much for waiting and it's about fasting so 24 hour fasting is it any good will it make me store fat and how often should I do it and that's quite a good question and whether or not you are asked that because of uh, you had seen that Wim Hof actually did a 24 hour fasting challenge I think maybe about two weeks ago maybe three weeks um, I'll have to have a look on his Instagram um, so whether that prompted you to kind of ask that question or not. Now, it's something I, I've actually never tried it. So I can't give personal experience. I've done intimate fasting, which we'll get into uh, a little bit later. Um, now, I just want to kind of break down what happens in a 24 hour period. So normally our bodies, our primary source of energy is glucose. OK. Now, we get that from carbohydrates, mostly. We get it from other forms of, uh, of foods as well, but mostly from carbohydrates. Now, what happens is when you've been fasting for roughly about an eight-hour period, you go in something called gluconeogenesis. Now, what that basically means is that your body starts transitioning into kind of the fasting mode, okay? And that's roughly after about eight hours. Remember, everyone's going to be a little bit different. Now, research does show that when you're in that gluconeogenesis, that you burn more calories. So that's that's a good thing if you are trying to obviously lose weight. Okay. now, when you get into that state as well and you transition into that kind of like fasting mode, the other thing that's going to happen when you do get into gluconeogenesis is your your liver is basically going to start producing its own glucose. And it's going to do that mainly from fat. Again, happy days. If you're trying to lose weight, that's perfect. Okay. But what happens when you go too far beyond it is you actually then start breaking down muscle tissue 
and start using the muscle tissue and everything as a form of energy. Start breaking it down and using it as glucose, which obviously is not fantastic if you're trying to keep muscle mass. So when you fast in a 24-hour period, it's probably going to be quite beneficial for a lot of people. And remember, by the way, if you enter kind of starvation mode, you can go a good couple of weeks without any food. Okay, you can just obviously have water. You'll probably be quite hungry, but you'll just have water. So if you are trying to lose weight, it's probably a good thing to do. Would I recommend you do it all the time? Probably not. I would say fast in a 24-hour period a couple of times a year, especially if you've never done it. One thing I think that which is quite beneficial is you kind of like set the reset switch on your body. So what I mean by that is if you always eat the same foods or you always follow the same diet, even with exercise, you always do the same routine, your body doesn't like it. So every now and again, throw it out of the routine, reset the switch, and then your body's going to adapt and make change. So it's like if I did the same exercise routine day in and day out for weeks and months, my body will just plateau. It will get so used to it, I'll, I'll stop losing weight, I'll, I'll stop dropping body fat, I'll stop putting on muscle, getting stronger, getting faster, getting fitter, whatever my program is. So it's the same thing with nutrition. If I eat the same foods all the time, my body gets used to it, throw it out of the routine. So if you've never tried a 24-hour fast, then do it. It's going to be beneficial for you just in the sense that you've never done it. Okay. But remember, if you are trying to lose weight, remember what I said about using glucose as a primary source of energy that we get from carbohydrates. Roughly when you've been fasting for about eight hours, you'll enter gluconeogenesis. And then that's when your liver is going to start producing its own glucose, which is going to use mainly fat to do that. So it is going to be good. Now, someone like me, my, for, for example, I'm not interested in losing weight. Okay, I couldn't, I, to, to be honest, if anything, I want to put on weight. Now, I've not done 24-hour fasting, but personally, I've, I've dabbled a little bit in intermediate fasting. Okay, now that roughly kind of requires uh, fasting pretty much. Other, the option I was doing was I was fasting from 8 p.m. all the way through to 12 p.m. the following day. Okay, then from 12 to 8, that's when I was eating. So I was having an eight hour eating window. Some people go for a 10 hour eating window. I know that um, Joe Rogan's quite big on a 10 hour eating window. And to be honest, if I did do it again, I would do a 10 hour eating window if I was to intimate fast. The reason why I didn't like it personally, because I'm not trying to lose weight. If anything, I'm trying to put weight on. I found within that eight hour window from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. I had to eat so much food to keep up with my calories. What that meant was I was literally eating about every hour and a half a big meal, which is insane because if I'm out and about, then or if I'm working, for example, I might have five hours worth of clients back to back. And I'm not going to be able to eat, you know, sit down and have a good nutritious meal during those five hours. So I was eating all the time or missing out meals, which then means I'm now consuming less calories, and then I'm probably going to get even smaller than what I already am. So remember, my goal wasn't to lose weight. If you want to lose weight, I think intermediate fasting is a good idea at first. Remember what I said, if you always do the same thing all the time, then change it and let your body adapt from the change. So if you intermittent fast all the time, throw it out the routine, 
and take a, a weekend or two where you just don't follow the intimate fasting rule. Okay. But like I say, I didn't like it because I had to eat so much. And in that eight hour window, I just felt like my whole eight hours of my day was revolved around eating. I've got to get as many calories in as possible. Otherwise, I'm going to waste away. And it was bloody awful if I had to work out because then I'm like, right, I've got to eat. I've got to let my food go down hour, hour and a half. Then I'm going to train for an hour, hour and a half. So then I've gone, you know, like nearly three hours without even eating. So I've missed nearly half of my eight hour eating window. So it was insane. I didn't like it at all. One thing I loved about doing it, though, which hasn't really got anything to do with the nutritional side of it, I had so much more time in the morning. When you don't eat breakfast and you only eat until 12 p.m., especially when you've got kids, oh, wow, you can get some stuff done. Like, I found I had so much extra time. The kids went up, obviously, you got more time like, to read a book or do whatever you want. Just sit down and have a coffee in peace. Um, but oh, I had so much more time and then eating until 12 p.m. And it didn't really bother me, to be honest. I didn't get, like, the hunger pain or anything. Just drink plenty of water. I had one coffee in the morning, black coffee, um, and just drink plenty of water. I mean, if you are interested in it, um, a lot of companies do, like, intimate fasting kind of bundles. Um, there's a company called Ancient and Brave. They do a really, really good intimate fasting bundle. Um, and that's where if you want to mix, like, NTT oil and collagen and stuff into your coffee, then you're more than welcome to, to do that, um, which you can do as well. But I guess the stepping stone to fasting for 24 hours is either just go straight ahead into it and just give it a go, uh, or the next stepping stone is, is try the intimate fasting. So try that first. See if you can go from 8 p.m. till 10 p.m. till the following day without eating. And then if you can, then just try a 24-hour fast. Um, and if you go back onto Wim Hof's Instagram, which I don't know if that's where you got the question from, he did do a 24-hour fasting challenge. All right. So just to summarize one more time, guys, 24-hour fasting. Body uses primarily glucose, um, which it gets from carbohydrates for energy. Okay. About after eight hours of fasting, you'll enter gluconeogenesis. Um, and that's when you're going to start burning more calories. Okay. Eight hours roughly. Everyone's a little bit different. So you start burning more calories anyway, and your liver's then going to start producing uh, mainly um, fat to basically produce its own glucose for energy. So that's a good plus. Um, and then if you are training or anything, give it a go during the 24-hour fasting period, but just be a little bit flexible that it might not go to plan. Okay. Um, and I would recommend just do a 24-hour fast once and then just do it again a couple months later, probably a couple times a year on the sole purpose to throw your body out of the routine, okay? I know if I did 24-hour fasting all the time, I would be like stick. I'd be like a stick. I'd be so much smaller than what I am now, so it's not good for me, not good for me personally. Um, I'd have to just eat loads after those 24 hours to make up all of those calories. But if your goal is to lose weight or if your goal is to feel a little bit healthier and almost kind of have like a cleanse, then definitely give the 24-hour fast uh, a go. And of course, let me know how you get on as well. It'd be great to have your feedback on that. Um, next question, moving on from the 24-hour fast, is best advice for sorting out my knee pain? Now, this kind of goes back to what I said at the, the start. Just give me a little bit more detail for future questions. So why do you have knee pain? Have you had surgery? When was your surgery? Did you bash it? Is it quite a new injury? 
what exercises give you grief, for example. So just a bit more information would be great. And then I can kind of answer it uh, a little bit better. So best advice for sorting out knee pain. I'm going to answer this question because, like as if I, obviously I can't see you and I can't assess you. So I'm just going to say you've got a little bit of knee trouble. And other than that, you're all healthy. How can I stop that knee trouble? That's quite simple. So rule number one is as human beings, OK, we like to stand in front of a mirror and we want to look good naked. So we go, right, OK, I'm not too happy with my chest or my shoulders or my abs or or, you know, or my quads or whatever. So whether you whether you admit it or not, we all want to look good naked. OK, so when it comes to knee pain, you're looking at yourself in the mirror and especially uh, I hate to say it, but for women, you're probably looking at your legs. You think, oh, I'm not happy with that. So you go in the gym and you do some squats and you use the, the leg extension machine and everything like that. And you get nice looking quads and things. But what happens is you've done too much work on the front portion of your body, on the anterior portion of the body. And you've not been developing enough hamstrings, calf muscles, glutes, everything on the posterior. And that's partly because you can't see that in a mirror. And if I'm completely honest with you, especially in um, conventional gyms, the only machine that they have is a leg curl. Other than that, there's no other machine that works the back of your legs. So if you're not an experienced gym goer and you do stick to machines, you've pretty much got one machine that works your hamstring. All right. The reason why I'm talking about the hamstring is that's the opposite muddle to opposite muscle to our quad. OK, so if I do too much quad work, I now get an imbalance and I have got a really strong and developed quad muscle, but I've got a really weak and pathetic hamstring muscle. Okay, both muscles attach around the knee, obviously the quad being down at the front and the hamstring being down at the back. So I've got such a developed quad that I'm now causing strenuous knee pain because the muscles are so tight, they're yanking down on the front and I've not fixed that problem by doing more posterior work. So one really, really, really good tip for you is have a one to two ratio. So let's say, for example, I do 10 reps working on my quads. I, I do a leg extension. I do because machines are easy if you don't know about other exercises. So I do 10 reps on the leg extension machine. What I want to do at some point in my workout is do 20 repetitions on the hamstrings. Or another way, um, so that would be like a leg curl, by the way. Another way is I do 10 leg extension reps i do 10 reps on the leg extension and i do that two sets so i do two times 10 for my hamstrings i'm going to do four times 10 so i'm still doing 10 reps but now i'm just going to do four sets instead of two sets okay so i'm still getting double the amount in i'm just doing it in a different way and you can do that as a superset so i do my 10 leg extensions straight away i do my 20 leg curls and i repeat that process or just do everything you need to do. And then at the very end of your session, count up the reps you've done for your quads and then just do double the amount for the hamstrings. That way you will always, always make sure you're offsetting your anterior work with your posterior work. And you can avoid that muscle imbalance. When you avoid that muscle imbalance, you're going to have now, you, you haven't got uh, kind of unwanted pressure on the knee joint because you're balancing out the muscle tissues, both front and back come in and around the knee joint and to be honest that's just healthy for life so the best exercises that i personally would recommend um 
at the moment, I'm giving you exercises. You don't need any equipment. Well, one equipment thing that you need, which I think will probably cost you £10 from Amazon, and that's a stability ball or a Swiss ball or a birthing ball. You might know it as. They're the big round ones that you want to play around with and jump on when you're inside the gym. Get one of those from Amazon. I mean, £10 at most. And to be honest, you could probably go on Facebook Marketplace and get a secondhand one for like three, five pounds or something. Grab yourself one of those and uh, you want to do stability ball hamstring curls. So the ball's blown up. You lay on your back, <laughs> pop your feet up on the ball and then bridge your hips up to the sky. And then now curl that ball into, into you. So you pull your heels towards your bum, keeping your hips up and then you go back out again. Okay. If you've never done those before, I'd recommend putting your arms out like an aeroplane at the side of you on the floor. That just kind of helps with the stability. It's a good little core ex exercise as well. Three sets of 15 will kind of absolutely destroy you if you're a beginner. So go ahead and, and give a go with those. The other option is glute bridges. You don't need any equipment or anything. If you find those easy, just go ahead and do single leg glute bridges. And you can do single leg glute bridges with your with your feet elevated. So if you have no equipment whatsoever, we've all got a bed. So you lay down on the floor, pop your feet up on your bed, and then just go ahead and bridge your glutes up to the sky over and over again, squeezing your butt cheeks. Okay. And that's an awesome posterior exercise. All right. The other option for reducing knee pain, which we spoke a little bit about last week, is have a look what else is going on. So if you've got knee pain, have a look at your ankles. Do you have quite stiff ankles? Some people have knee pain and they've never done anything to their knee. They've got knee pain because years ago they had an ankle surgery or an ankle sprain and it never healed properly or they didn't have kind of the, I guess, the physiotherapy work after their surgery or something to kind of correct the problem and get it back to functioning normal. So just in case to recap, and we did speak about this last week, so sorry if you've already heard this, but the knee is not really a mobile joint. It's kind of like the elbow. It can go forward and back, and that's about it. The ankle is like the wrist. It can go pretty much wherever it wants to, okay? And this will make sense in a second. But then the hip is also like the shoulder. Again, that can go pretty much wherever it wants to. So if my ankles are stiff and they can't really have, they don't really have much motion in them, if I require motion, the next thing up the chain is going to be my knee. And that doesn't like twists and turns. That only goes forward and back. So if I do that multiple times throughout the day and even years, and a good one, FYI, is golfers, then I am going to have horrific knee pain. Not because of anything to do with my knee, but because of something to do with my ankles. And that goes the same for the hips. If you sit down all day and you work in an office and you have tight hips, hip is a ball and socket joint. It's pretty mobile. But if that's not mobile, anytime you require the hips motion and it's not present, the next thing down the chain is the knee. And like we spoke about last week, the next thing up the chain is the lower back. So sometimes, again, it's nothing to do with the knee and it might not even be to do with the ankles. It's to do with the fact you sit down at a desk eight hours a day. That's not including commuting time. And now your hips are so stiff it's giving such aggravation down on your knee. So if you go on my Instagram and just scroll down a little bit, a while ago I did give out some, um, some hip 
mobility exercises that you can do. So go ahead and look in those. They'll be in, uh, in my main page on my Instagram. Um, the other option for the ankles, uh, one that I really like is stretch out your calves. That's kind of like a, a no-brainer, um, especially, I hate to say it, but again, if you're female, you've probably spent more times in heels than us guys. So naturally, your calves are going to be much tighter, resulting in tighter ankles. So go ahead and stretch out your calves quite a lot. And just a simple stretch, you know, like the old school, put your foot up against the wall or something and lean forward. Um, but one I do really, really like, and a lot of my clients do, is go completely barefoot. Just stand on one leg, the other leg that's off the floor. You're now going to pick points and just touch that foot and just gently tap it on the floor in various places, all sorts of weird and wonderful places, okay? And that's going to be great for the ankle stability and mobility and also for the hip as well. And it's an awesome warm-up if you enjoy going for a run because it really gets your ankles fired up and your hips fired up. Okay, I do, I think, have a video of that somewhere. So perhaps I'll post it up um, and I'll let you guys know. So keep an eye out for that. But those would kind of be my, my best exercises um, for helping with those. So calf stretches for the ankles single leg balance tapping the opposite foot that's off the floor in weird and wonderful places um, and then go back on my instagram on my main page and you'll see there's some hip mobility ones on there we've got the 90 stretch and i think the couch stretch as well which will also help reduce the knee pain by developing more flexibility in your quad muscle okay but just remember when you do exercise think about the posterior side of you all right and you actually want to do more posterior than anterior. So I want to work more, more of my back, my, my glutes and my hamstrings than I do my shoulders, my chest and my quads. All right. That one, you actually probably even look better in the mirror anyway, because now I've got a better posture and I'm more, a bit more upright. So double the amount, whatever you do on the front, double the amount on the back. And that should help over time reduce that knee pain. But again, you've not given me too much context, but don't panic. You know, some people say, oh, I've been doing your advice for a month and it's still not better. You say, okay, well, that's great that you've been doing it for a month already. And that's more than what a lot of people would do. But don't panic because you had your surgery 10 years ago and you weren't following my advice then. So you've been doing the wrong stuff, which isn't your fault because nobody told you, for 10 years. So don't worry if it's not better even after one month. Just keep going. All right. Once you start this whole fitness game, it's a lifestyle. You aren't ever allowed to stop. Once you start, you cannot stop. You're stuck forever. All right. So just be a little bit patient um, and it will eventually come. Okay. All right, guys, sorry to interrupt and end the show so quickly, but that is it, okay? I had to edit it and cut out the last 10 minutes of me waffling away because that was on my Instagram Live to all the viewers on there. So not that you guys need to hear that. So let's just go ahead and cut it short here. I hope you found it really useful and you got some good information on there. I like to keep these shows short and sweet. So if you join me next Sunday on Instagram, I'll be doing Q&A at 9am GMT time. 
Or, of course, wait till next week and I'll upload the episode here for you to listen as a podcast. Now, just one final note, guys. There was one company I briefly talked about, and that's Ancient and Brave. You can go on their website, Ancient and Brave, and you can buy intimate fasting bundles. Or if you're interested and you just want to improve your overall health, you can buy collagen, MCT oil, uh, cacao and collagen, which is an amazing nighttime drink for you. They do a whole heap of products on there, guys. So go ahead, get on there and get ordering. But now I'm going to see you guys next week. Take care.